It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It's Steelers week. The game is almost here. The Bengals' only primetime game of the season. Monday night football in Pittsburgh because Sunday morning football in London, while it's a big deal, doesn't count as primetime. And Steelers week is a big week for the Bengals twice a year. Let's get into that injury report and see the key players who we can expect to not see this weekend, and we'll talk a little bit about how some of those changes will impact the game. The final injury reports are out for Week 4 for the Bengals, who play their first and only primetime game of the year in Pittsburgh this Monday. A.J. Green is expected, still out. Ryan Glasgow, also out, still nursing that thigh injury. He hasn't practiced in two weeks now. Carl Lawson also hasn't practiced for two weeks. He's doubtful with a hamstring injury. Andre Smith will be back in action. He was a full participant in practice on Saturday, as was Carlos Dunlap, who was limited earlier in the week. And that's important because Cordy Glenn and Kerry Wynn also out. Kerry Wynn didn't practice all week. Cordy Glenn officially was limited on Thursday and Friday as he makes some progress coming back for the concussion protocol, but he won't be ready to go this week. The last noteworthy injuries to talk about, B.W. Webb will be back in the slot for the Bengals after he was a full participant on Saturday, and Michael Jordan will be starting at left guard, apparently beating out Billy Price as their split practice snaps this week. Yeah, and the big talk after it was announced that Michael Jordan would start at left guard was, why not Billy Price? Why back to Michael Jordan so quickly? Um, you know, was it something they saw in Price? Is it maybe that he's still dealing with a foot injury, potentially. Dave Lapham did mention that was a potential situation there. But I also feel like offensive line coach Jim Turner likes Michael Jordan. He thinks that's his guy rather than Billy Price from the past offensive line coach. And, you know, that maybe gets a little bit of favoritism. I wouldn't say based on the way each guy has played this year, it's a clear answer that Michael Jordan should be starting at left guard. If anything, I think it's, we should have, uh, rode the hot hand after the Bengals running game finally came alive. And a lot of that came behind Billy Price. 
Yeah, it was some next-gen stats that said the Bengals' best success running the football against Buffalo was behind Billy Price, and I think the other player was Bobby Hart. So that's right. maybe take that with a grain of salt, but maybe Bobby Hart had a good day run blocking too, or maybe that's just where the runs went. The issue still in the running game for the Bengals is just one guy is losing their block. If it's at the front end, if it's the backside guy that's coming across and catching the running back from behind, the running game just isn't clicking on all cylinders yet. I think that, again, we're talking about Jim Turner here. He clearly, I think, has some favoritism for Michael Jordan because Billy Price, by all accounts, played at least as well as Michael Jordan did, if not better. Especially, I think, in terms of consistency, I think Billy Price lost less frequently. And he won, I think, just as much. So I don't really understand the move. And it's really strange to me that they started out Billy Price practicing a left guard on Thursday and then went to splitting the reps Friday and then announced Michael Jordan won the starting position back. And so we'll see how he performs out there. I think Pittsburgh is a tough test. They've got some really good guys that have their hands on the ground on that front three in Pittsburgh's base defense. And so that'll be a good challenge for him. Yeah, and for Michael Jordan, he's right now, if you look at pro football focus grades, Jordan is listed as their worst run-blocking offensive lineman. And on the pass protection side, out of 60 guards, I think he's 56th in the league. So he's uh, very low in pass protection and run-blocking. I really don't know what Jordan has seen so far. I believe eight pressures and two sacks in two games for Jordan. That's And it was split evenly, four pressures, one sack in each of his two starts. It'll be a very strong test versus the Steelers' interior. The Steelers will also be missing a few players this week. Most notably, Roosevelt, Nix, and Vince Williams, the fullback and linebacker, respectively, are both out for Pittsburgh. Noted Vontez Burfecht antagonist. Burfecht, by the way, got kicked out of his game today for for hitting Jack Doyle, who was defenseless. At least he was ruled defenseless in the head. I think it was a pretty clear ejection. We're not going to talk about Vontez Burfecht more than that. In addition, Vance McDonald, the tight end, is doubtful. They, of course, traded for a tight end this week. And besides that, it looks like those guys we talked about missing practice early in the week, Joe Hayden, Marquise Pouncey, Mark Barron, Ramon Foster, they're all good to go. So Pittsburgh has some injuries to overcome, I think, for the Bengals. It's the usual guys, A.J. Green, Cordy Glenn right now. The biggest loss for them is maybe potentially Carl Lawson. He hasn't practiced now for two straight weeks. It sounds like he'll try and give it a go on Monday, and if it's like last week, they may hold him out again. But if he's ready to go, it should be a big boost for this pass rush. We will also have to keep an eye on the depth for that group. Ryan Glasgow is also going to be out for this game, and if Glasgow and Lawson are both out in addition to Kerry Wynn, it's the same group at defensive line as they had last week. Pittsburgh led by Mason Rudolph. For the first time, the Bengals will face a quarterback not named Ben Roethlisberger for quite a while. That could limit potentially the offense for Pittsburgh and maybe will give the Cincinnati defense a little bit more of a break than they got against Buffalo. If you're like me, you're going to have to work on Monday before you get home to watch the Bengals beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh on Monday night football. But, And that might mean you don't have time to make your ritual food that beats the Pittsburgh Steelers every time. We all have our traditions. Maybe that means that you need to bring it in from outside instead. And Joe, where are they going to go? Well, I think I'm thinking of you, Jake, because uh, usually make your Skyline chili at home. But since you won't have time, why don't you order it and have it picked up? 
And thankfully for the Cincinnati faithful, DoorDash does deliver Skyline. In addition to things like Chipotle, if you have a go-to burrito for game day, Chick-fil-A, if you're into those nice chicken sandwiches, or the Cheesecake Factory, if maybe you feel like a nice piece of Oreo cheesecake, our listeners right now can actually get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. So go check it out. Get $5 off your order. Download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code Locked On. Save some money. Get some food. Beat the Steelers. I think these things all go really nicely hand in hand. Can we order a win? I think if enough people put that in their order comments, it'll happen. Go check it out. That's the DoorDash app. $5 off. Promo code Locked On. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. So, Jake, the last time the Bengals took on the Steelers, when Ben Roethlisberger wasn't the quarterback, was in November 30th, 2003. I was still in high school. I'd be, that yeah, probably 10th. Great, if my math is correct. But they beat the Steelers 24-20 to to improve to 7-5 and that year. 2003, this is Marvin Lewis's first year. Steelers were 4-8. and eight. I'm going to look at some stats real fast. If you're interested, John Kitna, the quarterback, 18 of 32, 271 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Solid game. Corey Dillon and Rudy Johnson split with 10 carries each. Dillon had 48 yards on the ground, while Johnson had 29 Chad Johnson, six catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Peter Work was number two, five for 54. But there was also two touchdowns by, really, uh, I remember guys, these guys from this time frame. But they never really did much for the potential each one of them had. Kelly Washington caught one for 51 yards and a touchdown. And Matt Schobel caught an 18-yard touchdown. Matt Schobel, I remember being a huge disappointment. He was athletic, remember that? Uh, Yeah, but they just were so bad at tight end for so long in that era. So you remember the quarterback then, right, for the Steelers? Because I didn't even mention who it was. Was it Tommy Maddox? That was my assumption. Yeah, it was. Right. Did you watch any of the AFC North games? And there was only one this week. Ravens and Browns. As we're recording this Sunday night, the Cowboys and the Saints are playing. But I did see a lot of that game today. I watched a little bit of the game. I turned it off before the second half, went outside, did some other things with my Sunday because the Bengals weren't playing today. But I thought in the first half it was pretty tight. And now I'm sitting here thinking, well, maybe neither of these teams are very good. Because the Ravens beat 
Arizona and they beat Miami. Miami still probably one of the worst teams of all time, even though they put up a decent performance today, scored some points. I'm assuming they still lost by like 20. I, I didn't actually look. 30 to 10, they did. Oh, actually 20. Nice. Right. And it was 10-10 though for a while. Miami actually was putting up a fight. You're right. They did early in the game. But when you're a bad team, that's not going to last the whole game. It never does. And we've seen that from mm-hmm. the Bengals. You know, even even this year, we saw it last year, certainly. Uh, but I came away thinking, you know, Lamar Jackson, certainly not as good as he was in those first two games of the year. And from what I saw, Baker Mayfield didn't play great. I know that Nick Chubb had a big, big game. And if Nick Chubb's having a big game, well, maybe that means that Baltimore defense isn't as good as we thought because it's not like Cleveland has an offensive sure. line. Yeah. Well, they have a good running scheme. And last year, their interior guys were really good at run blocking. Uh, and I think they got back to that a little bit, and maybe that's what helped them with Chubb. But uh, for me, the big takeaway in, in all of it is that uh, the leader of the division, the AFC North, is 2-2. Two and two. I, I, It's a good thing the Browns won. I, even if you hate the Browns more than the Ravens, getting those both of those teams to 2-2 two and two gives you some semblance of hope. I, I talked about it on my solo segment last week, but the Bengals and the Steelers have the bottom 10 teams in the league, have the highest percent or chance to make a run out of this and win their division. So if you look at it, it's because the rest of the divisions are starting to gain some separation where it feels like the AFC North is pretty average. I said this after last week's game. Maybe nine wins is going to win this division. Maybe eight, right, since both teams are two and two at the top. Uh, but a win Monday night is here we're at, and one team's going to be 0-4. One team's going to be 1-3 with, I think, a renewed sense of hope or optimism that maybe – they're, you know, after week five or so, the Bengals play the Cardinals. I don't know the Steelers play because I don't care. But if the Bengals win and go to one and three with facing the Cardinals the following week, you feel like maybe there's a chance here. They could at least get to two and three and then you reset your expectations and go from there. I think the first step, though, is they've got to win this week. The other game I was watching, though, before we get back to Steelers week and talk some more about it, I was watching the Patriots play the Bills. Me too. And Tom Brady looked absolutely awful he's on my fantasy team too so i have a little bit of a vested interest (laughs) there but part of it was also like how good is that bill's defense and they were great today and that actually gives me a little bit of hope for the bengals offense actually had a couple decent drives against the bills last week and they could have been much better if not for some miscues so that gives you a little bit of reason to think okay well if the patriots struggled this much and they had been absolutely dominant to start the year again a relatively easy schedule but dominant Maybe the Bengals could be a little bit better than we think if if that's the Bills' defense. Yeah, I think the Patriots may be defensive dominant this year. And, you know, unlike most years where it's the offense that carries it, uh, their defense has been really, really good. They gave up one touchdown so far this year, and it was none coming into this game before Josh Allen had a sneak for a touchdown in the third quarter. So uh, they could have lost this game, and Buffalo could have won. And unlike last week where I thought Allen kept Buffalo in the game, Allen hurt them big time. Yeah, he was real bad. It was it was bad quarterbacking watching that game, which is, I guess, not surprising. But when Tom Brady's on there, it's surprising. Uh, and he was not good. He missed a lot of throws. He looked frustrated. He looked yeah. happy feet in the pocket. It was one of the worst performances I've ever seen from what's going to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. I bet you Dalton's going to end up grading higher than Brady did in this game because Brady's pick that he threw is a really bad decision. Yep. Dalton certainly had one of those too. The the throw to Boyd on the out route off play action was a terrible throw. But Brady was just as bad, if not worse, today. And the big difference in the game, like you said, was 
there there was discipline in the secondary for the Patriots and and they caught their interceptions. Yep. The Bengals had two chances, they dropped one. The the Patriots caught their chances at interceptions and they actually tackled the quarterback when they got their hands on him and and eventually Josh Allen actually went out of the game with a pretty nasty shot to the head. So True. Anyway, uh I, I did watch that game with interest just to get a bit of a comparison. And I know that the transitive property doesn't work in sports, but it gave me a little bit right. of optimism for the Bengals offense, just thinking the Bills defense is really, really good. And the Bengals look like they could have maybe gotten it done and left some points on the field, in my opinion. Yeah, and then the 4 o'clock game, I kept a, a little eye on the Seahawks versus Cardinals because the Bengals play the Cardinals next week and they played Seattle already. Seattle ended up winning that game pretty handedly. Uh, but... I kind of felt like Seattle's not that good right now, no. and the Cardinals are still bad. Obviously, they're 0-3-1 right now. They tied that, was it week one they tied uh, to start the year? And, you know, potentially these are two Bengals and Cardinals, potentially two bad teams going against each other. But I felt much more confident about the Bengals than where I feel the Cardinals are. Cardinals right now are Kyler Murray and sometimes getting it to fits, and that's it really because they're kind of dysfunctional on both sides of the ball. Kyler Murray threw an interception right to Jadavion Clowney, which let me joke that if he was just an inch taller, Jadavion Clowney wouldn't have picked it off. He's just too short. So let's get back to talking specifically about this week. The Bengals get to play the Steelers, like we started the segment saying, without Ben Roethlisberger, and Mason Rudolph can't throw the ball downfield. Their offense looks like the Teddy Bridgewater Saints offense right now, where he's taking dump-offs all day. And the only scary player, really, for Pittsburgh's offense right now is Juju Smith-Schuster. And I can't find myself being all that scared of him when he's the only weapon. Yeah, and I think they're struggling to get him the ball with any type of consistency right now. He's largely in the slot. About two-thirds of his snaps are in the slot. And he's just not getting the targets. He, he broke one off last week. Uh, he, they're just not connecting, it seems, with he, he and Rudolph. I, I'm interested to see if the, they switch it and lean on their strengths, which could be their offensive line and potential running game with Connor, and they say, okay, we're going to just try and run it down the Bengals this week, make them tackle, make them be good tackling um, defense, which I think, you know, like, we don't talk about too much of, uh, we always say, like, well, they should attack here, or the Bengals should do this, but I don't think we ever really look at it from the op- opposite perspective of how would you attack the Bengals' defense. And for me right now, it would be the horizontal stuff, the misdirection stuff, manufacturing touches and easy throws, which I think is definitely the game plan for the Steelers with Rudolph right now. Uh, but also, I'd try to run it on them, and I'd try to make them be physical, uh, try and wear down this defensive line, try and slow down their pass rush, and try and make them be a good tackling team, which I don't think they are. Yeah, I mean, pretty much Pittsburgh just has to believe James Conner can at least be Frank Gore, right? And that offensive line is better than the offensive line in Buffalo. The quarterback probably isn't, but might be, because a lot of people think that Mason Rudolph could have been a first-round pick in a different draft. In his first game, he looked like he was a game manager. Maybe that's the way Pittsburgh's going to continue to use him to maximize their chances of staying in the game. And they do have a good offensive line, so... I'm with you. The Steelers, if they want to win the game, should be running the ball. They should be trying to get horizontal. They should be throwing screens to Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson, both of whom are really good athletes, and let those playmakers try to make some plays because we've seen this year Nick Vigil can't tackle. Uh, Sam Hubbard, who's been one of their dominant defenders in terms of snap count, also has had issues getting his hands on guys. And he's 
getting to a lot of plays, but he's missing mm-hmm. tackles still. So the Bengals have a lot of guys who are having tackling issues this year. And then they have some other guys who just can't get to a play to make an attempt at a tackle. I'm talking about Preston Brown. And unfortunately, the aging Geno Atkins, who isn't moving as well as he used to be. This isn't to say that Geno is at all a detriment to the defense. He's still the strength of the defense, but he's a little bit easier to take out of a play than he used to be. Oh, yeah. He's their worst run defending D-tackle now of the group. And, uh, I, you know, I say that just because he's not creating the splash plays where he used to penetrate and get into the backfield. And now so he's a smaller guy. And uh, sometimes you get two blockers on him because he's Geno Atkins and he's easily handled on, on many run plays. Um, and that doesn't help your, your linebackers, I think, and not to defend the linebackers at all for the Bengals. But when both guys, and I'm talking about Atkins and, and Billings are six, one, it creates some vision issues, I believe, and it allows guys to get up to the second level and block your linebackers a little bit easier. So I would run it on them, and then I try and spread them out, I'd spread that base defense out for the Bengals. Unless I guess there's two parts to this because when B.W. Webb went out, they the Bengals went to a more of a uh, three safety look, three four look in their base defense. But when B.W. Webb was in there, like the 49ers game, I thought it was a terrible game plan by them because they just used B.W. Webb as kind of a third linebacker and said, we're going to stay in our nickel no matter what and defend the pass. But the 49ers never, they said, okay, well, we're just going to run it on you constantly. And they did. Uh, and if that's the case, if the Bengals do that again, then I would have major concerns about them stopping the run. The Steelers are down a tight end, so it'll be interesting to see what they do personnel-wise. But yeah, I mean, the blueprint is out there for the Bengals. You run the ball, you get it horizontal, you challenge the speed as much as you can, and that's how you make the Bengals prove they can stop you. And once they stop that, then you try other things. Let's talk a little bit about how the Bengals should attack the Steelers. What are some things that we hope to see, some of our expectations for this game? We'll get into that in just a minute. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Statistically speaking, the Bengals' opponent this week, the Pittsburgh Steelers, are one of the worst passing teams and one of the worst pass-defending teams in the league. So when I look at this, that's why I said in the last segment I think they'll come out and try and run the ball because looking at their strengths and weaknesses. But with the Bengals, I think this is a passing game for them, Uh, mainly because they struggle with the Steelers a lot, especially those defensive linemen, whether it's Stephon Tewitt, Cam Hayward, or Javon Hargrave. I think those three guys there are... Um, wreckers to it's playing very good again he is good he's he's always been good but uh when i watch on film that uh, uh, especially versus the Bengals, i think that's maybe one of the reasons why billy price probably isn't out there this week he might be a bad matchup with his shorter arms and the length those guys provide so that was the only thing that really was the light when i when i saw that announcement that he wasn't playing but hopefully this week Hopkins at center, maybe he can reach these guys a little bit better, maybe he can move a little better, John Miller being a bigger, stronger guy, maybe that helps. But traditionally, the Bengals have not been able to protect Andy Dalton. Russell Bodine was notoriously bad against these guys every time they played, it seemed. They do a lot of stunts and twists. They try and manufacture a pass rush, which I think is bad for the Bengals typically. Uh, having said that, I, their weakness is their secondary and, and their pass coverage. 
and the Bengals, if anything, have been able to throw the ball for at least a lot of yardage and and get the chunk plays out of, out of the offense. So for me, I think this is a passing game again. I think getting Joe Mixon involved in the, in the passing game still, I'm going to bang on this drum until it happens consistently, even though they had two schemed open plays for him last week. Maybe that's on the cusp of where we're going if they can get more consistent plays and get an actual script down because I don't even think we got to see the scripted plays last week because they were three and out for most of the, the start for that one. So I, I say this is a passing game for the Bengals. That's how I would attack them. Uh, and I would still, again, try to use Joe Mixon. Yeah, looking at the PFF stuff here that we're looking at, TJ Watt has taken a step forward. He's probably their best pass defender. And by pass defender, I mean pass rusher. He's the guy that's going to disrupt the plays. And looking at the corners, uh, Steven Nelson has been quite good for them, according to Pro Football Focus. He's given up only eight catches on 15 targets for 103 yards, which is an amount of yards, but he's made a pass breakup. He gave up a touchdown, too. Yeah, Nelson's their big free agent acquisition. As you know, the Steelers don't go out and spend a lot of money, but they got him from the Chiefs this past year. And he's been good for them. But their other corners, the guys that were on the team last year, Mike Hilton, 50 coverage grade. Joe Hayden, 53 coverage grade. And Joe Hayden gives the Bengals problems. So I'm not going to write Joe Hayden off because they've traditionally had his best games come against them. So we'll see if that trend continues this week. But the Steelers' safeties are not good in coverage, Terrell Edmonds is still looking like a very bad pick, although he has made some strides as a tackler and as a run defender, so he'll probably get some more use in the box. They used Minka Fitzpatrick as a safety last week, it sounds like, for the most part. He's been solid, so we'll see if he continues to be their guy there. Looking at the linebackers, Mark Barron, Bud Dupree, who's a pass rusher. So Mark Barron, Devin Bush, both of those guys, the rookie Devin Bush that all of us wanted so badly, or you hmm. wanted, uh, has been a disaster. He's First given all, up 16 catches on 19 targets. Why do you say it like you, the, who you wanted? You're talking to a lot of listeners with that one. And number two, we would take that disaster right now if it meant some speed and someone running around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's been solid as a tackler, I guess, but he doesn't have a very good run defense grade either. Devin Bush probably just needs some time, but my concern with him in, in this defense is he's playing behind a good front. And he was the guy that was supposed to be more polished between him and the other Devin. You know, I haven't looked at how Devin White's doing either, though. Cause I remember he was, yeah, because he was sick. I think week one, he lost like 10 or 15 pounds. And uh, he tried to play through it like because he's a, kind of a nut. And, uh, yeah, it affected him, I guess. So who do you pick on if you're the Bengals? You probably try to pick on Mike Hilton a little bit. You try to pick on the linebackers a little bit. And you yeah. hope that your front can protect Dalton long enough because – the biggest strength for the Steelers, I think, is T.J. Watt, Stephon Tuitt, Javon Hargrave, pass rushing. They're not a very fast secondary. So, you know, it makes Bengals don't have a fast receiving core at all right now, outside of John Ross, one of the slowest in the league. But uh, you, you hope that maybe that means Ross can pop one off and, and turn the tide of this game, if that's the case. And I do feel like over the years, I can remember Chad, I can remember uh, Henry, I can remember Green getting open deep against the Steelers defense and beating them that way. But it's always been a reliance on the chunk plays where they really try to... I have my worst fears of watching some of Dalton's film when the Steelers try to take away their number one target and say, okay, Andy, we're forcing you to throw it here. Go to your second and third read. Uh, and typically that's where Dalton struggles. So I, I wonder if the Steelers even are out there with the same defense because they haven't been 
good on defense for a while. They're really not good this year. They're struggling. and I think they can be exploited. I'm glad Vince Williams isn't playing because he's a tough downhill run stuffer, even if he's not a really good player. And maybe that means they can get to the sideline a little bit or trick Devin Bush a little bit and try and get him out of position, right? And maybe you attack him that way. Yeah, let's flip the other side of the ball then and talk about when Pittsburgh has the ball, what are you doing on defense if you're Lou Anarimo? Just looking at the pass rush first, because that's the way the Bengals really have to win games on defense. It has to start up front. David DeCastro is still really good at right guard for the Steelers. Alejandro Villanueva, not so great this year. He's taken a bit of a step back, but Matt Filer, Feeler, I don't even know who he is, is the other tackle for Pittsburgh, and he's been one of their better players on offense so far. Yep. The other guys, Ramon Foster, Marquise, Pouncey, rounding it out, neither of them have been very good either, although Pouncey has predictably been a good run blocker for them. He's great on the little pulls they do. But there is a vulnerability, particularly inside, and so you'll have yeah. to see if Geno Atkins can make some hay with a rookie, not a rookie, first-time quarterback back there. Right, and Gino has eaten Ramon Foster's lunch plenty of times. So I'm hoping to see that, maybe jackhammer him up and get him off the ground as he's done so many times in the past. And Pouncey is getting older. He's not climbing to linebackers as fast as he used to, but he and Burfecht used to be an interesting matchup to watch uh, when I went to the film. So seeing how now they don't have that, you know, kind of guy for them, for the Steelers to target in the Bengals' secondary, or, or I should say in the Bengals' defense, Maybe that maybe now that evens it out a little bit because I just felt like even DeCastro so many times they would target perfect. Have you ever watched DeCastro oh, yeah. on polling plays and they'd say, you know, I'm going to come back and try and nail them head to head and see what we can do here and see if we can create some havoc and create some chaos because the Bengals would be the one to falter before the Steelers did. So, yeah. O-line, left guard, center is where you can attack them. I'm really interested to see how Feeler plays more at right tackle for them. They seem to be able to plug in what well, less eight years no matter who it was at right tackle they're getting someone whether it's Gilbert or uh the guy they traded this offseason or or now Filer and Feeler whatever his name is I guess we'll find out and uh they're getting good production from that spot yeah I wish the Bengals could just plug guys in attack I know good production huh (laughs) yeah man and Uh, I'm forgetting the guy who signed with those with the Browns two years ago They've had three right tackles. They've just basically plugged in. Okay. Good for them. Does this feel like a Steelers week for you? Because that's where I was going. For me, until now, until this very moment of recording this podcast right now, I haven't had any fuck the Steelers moments. And I don't curse very much on this podcast, but now I'm feeling that way. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah. Fuck the Steelers. It feels like a regular Steelers week to you because to me it didn't really. With Ben not playing, with Burfitt gone, with Le'Veon Bell gone, with A.B. gone, no James Harrison anymore. He's finally retired. Vince Williams is hurt. Yeah, well, I can be the pragmatic Bengals fan a lot of times, but uh, Steelers week, I'm like, screw tanking. We got to win this one. Screw needing a quarterback. Andy Dalton's about to tear it up. I'm just, I I, I like Steelers week because nah, maybe it's because it's also national television but i want them to look as good as possible i even made a nice hype video for tomorrow i can't wait to put it out there there you go you can look forward to that on twitter joe and i will be watching the game and put out an episode directly following it hopefully we have our first bengals victory they're never sweeter than when they come over the pittsburgh steelers until tomorrow's monday night bengals game 
Who day? And have a good one, Bengals fans. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 